Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So Dwight, since we've been talking about the several subplots and you mentioned that you want to do two to three set, uh, couple sessions any level and then a few levels for, until you hit the next subplot. The question that we should probably address is you've, you're getting close to transitioning to the next subplot. How would you do that? Okay. So in the first subplot... In this story, anyway, we're trying to tell the story of uh, your adventurers who are moving from levels four to six and doing that over the series of roughly nine uh, to 12 different game sessions. And at the end of the last session, you need to have the whole thing move from now they're doing pre-work espionage to we're moving into war. So the best way to move into a war is to create something that the one faction has no choice but to go to war. And the best way to do it in, in a way that makes your players feel the most pain for it is to do it in such a way that they lose a handful of people to them that are very close, so they're itching to go to war. Yep. So what I would do is I would kill... Primary contact. Your primary contact, Throntir. I would also kill the, the queen of the elves. Even though you haven't met her... You could easily do something where that doesn't necessarily matter. You know if they killed your king or queen, you're going to war. Where the emotional pain comes in is now the person that's been giving you the jobs, been helping you, been giving you really cheap stuff. He was guarding the queen or he was talking to the queen when um, somebody teleported in and killed everybody in the room. And he was wrong time for him. Exactly. He jumped in front of a disintegration spell to save his queen. And he failed to save. And he was disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, three or four more casters had jumped in, and they also cast disintegration spells, and he only jumped in front of one of them. And the other one of the other ones got the queen, and one of the other ones got, you know, somebody else. And now your entire country is just livid over the death of the queen. Your players are livid over the death of Thrond here, their primary contact for the last six months of actual, like, time. Mm-hmm. And so they're bloodthirsty, which is what you want. You want them to go to war, right? And you can have a quick council meeting if you want, or you can just say, you know what, we're going to war. You killed the queen. That's the end of it. You're, now they meet another contact. You come up with another name. Um, we'll call him Sadron. I mean, seriously, you can... I just pulled the name off of one of our sheets from the legendary locations and NPC uh, pieces. You can get that at skullrpg.com, courses, and scroll down to the bottom. That said, what's really cool about that is so you now have a new primary contact because your old primary contact's dead, and now you guys are going to war. So the next three sessions I would have, um, really the next 12 sessions, are going to be about your players doing conflict. I would have at least two big battles planned out, like on open fields, because that's going to maximize the amount of damage both parties do to one another. And remember, at the end of the day, both advisors have the same plan to cause the most damage to every side. And so what's going to happen is um, you can have... So I would do two things. I would, again, make sure that you have some way of them finding a spy or hearing some information... And then maybe they hear from the actual advisor, um, him or herself, saying the exact same plan that you had heard the other advisor was spouting to do. And you're like, that's the second time I've heard this. 
or maybe in this point, you really want it to be the third time. You've already done two in the subplot one. Now this is your third time. One other thing I would do. Um, I would start having your players get into a position of power because they are going to be mid-level now. They're going to be level seven to nine or seven to 10. Um, they're going to be in a position of power. I would start having them budding up to the advisor where the advisor is in the room with them at certain times, giving them advice. And I would start to have them find a contact who was in the room when the queen died and tells you that Therond here did not die the way you thought he did. And it was actually, he's running for his life and maybe you were sent to kill him, right? This is what I would do. You're sent on an assassination, uh, assassination um, in one of your game sessions to kill this one elf because he know basically he's going to turn over top secrets to the to the dwarves and and that's what you're you're sent to kill him. But when you finally confront him, he tells you that Therontir didn't actually die in that room, and that what had happened is he wasn't hit with a disintegration spell. That the chief advisor stabbed him in the back when he went to defend the queen. Mm-hmm. And like, and the people that warped in were not dwarves. They were whatever your outsider extraplanar creatures are going to be. That there was a small portal opened up just for enough of them to get in, and they came in and killed your queen. And all the stories around this are made up from the only person who lived, the chief advisor, and of course him. And he was immediately dubbed a conspirator. And was sent on the run. And that gives you enough now unsolid ground. And that does that piece that you need to have for the suspicion on the chief advisor. So the thing is, here's the deal. This is the piece that everybody, let me just say this. This is the piece that everybody in um, game mastering messes up. They're going to mess up anywhere. It's right here. They want to tell a good story. They want to tell an overarching story. They want to tell this great grand narrative, and that's perfect. And then there's the details of everyday game sessions. Yep. You need to be able to put it in words for your players to be able to pick up on, but not spoil. Exactly. But over that, you also need to remember to do it. Mm -hmm. What happens more than not is that you get so wrapped up in, oh my God, I got to do my game session for this week, that you forget that you need to do foreshadowing. You forget that you need to do, um, set up things so that when you do a twist, it's a twist. It's not a, this is the first time I'm hearing of anything of this. I can't tell you the amount of game masters I've sat underneath in one way, shape or form or another who have not done this well. And I don't do it well occasionally too. I mean, I miss the boat. I'm not perfect. But what I want to say is if you can get this skill mastered where you know where your game is going and you make sure that as you're planning out your game sessions, like, oh, this is the moment I need to drop this one line, right? This is where I need to, this is the moment I need to to remind my players yet again, wait a minute, these two advisors have the same exact plan because it's critical. You need to have them ask, why is that? Why is that? And then that's enough to get them to where you need to go. Because if I don't do this for eight months and we get to subplot three and then I'm like, oh, and the two advisors had the same plan. No one cares. Mm -hmm. If I don't do this setup where it's like, oh no, yeah, Therond here, you know, your, your mentor, your trusted friend who got killed and that's why you're in this battle to begin with. He actually wasn't killed by dwarves. 
He was backstabbed. He was backstabbed by the same person you've been taking orders from. But here's the deal. The guy who's telling you this is found in a hole. And he just killed and fought like several different NPCs to keep himself from out of trouble. And you guys are supposed to kill him. Is he a reliable source? No. But is he telling the truth? Well, later on, the answer is going to be absolutely he's telling the truth because I'm going to tell you he was telling you the truth. But I'm not telling you he's telling the truth right now. That's for something for your players to sow the doubt in their mind. Do we let this guy live? Is he just telling us a line of what we want to hear so we don't kill him? What's going on? And you just keep them off pace. But again, you can't do that every game session. But you've got to remember what your goal is, what the big idea is. And this is why I'm such an advocate of when we're building this, you start with your one sentence conflict, you build your subplots back out, and that allows you now to start to do the foreshadowing in subplot one for uh, subplot three. Introduce characters in one that'll come back in three, and the same thing in two into three. And that way you can, you can build up your um, player's expectation that something big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because you want something big to happen. You're creating something big. And this is where most game masters maybe miss the boat is because they forget that middle step. Yes. So I'm just encouraging you to think about where you need to take the game. And yes, here's how you transition from subplot one to subplot two, but make sure you're always foreshadowing across the line. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to skullrpg.com.